Hi guys! Well, guys. Guys. Guys, we've got a show for you today, guys. Guys, it's so good to have you here in this car with us, guys. It's, you know, all the guys listening, uh, I hope you guys are, uh, you're staying close to your guys. Right. Uh, you got a good group of guys around you. I hope you and your guys are just going out and pumping some weights and eating some protein shakes, because guys, guys, I mean, like, just seriously, guys. Guy Fox, Guy Fietti, guys... Uh, diners, drive-ins, and guys. Who's your Who's your favorite guy in history, Chris? Uh, I've got a lot of favorite guys. Okay. Uh, four or five guys uh, under the guise of being guys. Some guys... Uh, Others kind of guys. Act, act like tough guys, you know? Right. Okay, now What a bunch of wise guys. <laughs> now that there's no leftists listening to the show... We got them out. We got, a, we got, a, we got rid of them real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's not even... Let's just... To explain ourselves... Right. Let's jump right into Roadkill. Now yeah. this <laughs> pretends to be a political analysis punditry channel organization. You know what I really hate, Christopher? Is no. any any wise guy, one more, okay, uh, going on the internet and recording themselves and just, you know, shellacking about politics like they know everything. It literally chaps my chaps more than anything. Just when a couple of guys think that they... <laughs> How something worthwhile to say and they start a show. It's ridiculous. I, okay, the internet's great, right? Like, right. I love the internet because what it does is it allows two things to happen. One, for you to hear more opinions and two, to make your own opinions heard. That's a pretty valuable thing. Very we cool. We shouldn't look down our nose at that. No. But that doesn't mean that everybody's opinion matters or right. counts or is valid or is good or is any of that stuff. And the other thing that the internet does, and I think that anybody with... Uh, a MySpace knows it opens you up to criticism. Right, exactly. And so uh, now this is one of the more vile, reprehensible, ill repute sources that is online that pretends to provide uh, discussion, facts, analysis of uh, current events. Current events. And uh, on the heels of the viral clip that went out where the Democratic Socialists of America couldn't have a meeting because everyone was more oppressed than the last person to speak. Uh, Did we talk about that on the show? I don't know if we did or not. Suffice to say that there was a guy who was like, if we could keep chatter down to a minimum, because I I personally, my personal oppression is that I I have a really hard time dealing with chatter and noise, etc. ad nauseum. It it triggered his anxiety? Yeah. I think those were his words exactly. It made it hard for him to focus. But here's the thing. He started out his his limp-wristed, soggy noodle diatribe with the word guys. And then there was another thing that spoke after him. And I say thing because... I tried to analyze the video clip, and I just don't know. Rough. I'm going to assume male, uh, but definitely not uh, a typical one. Definitely not one you'd want your daughter to bring home. Uh, but anyhow, runs up to the mic in a, in a full sprint, out of breath, and is like, please do not use gendered language to address the audience. Personal point of privilege. Personal point of privilege. Anyway, go look up the video. Just Google personal you, point you of know, privilege. You're really not seeing that person for who he is, Christopher, and he is clearly strong and brave. And I don't know why you have to be that critical of someone that is, like, being that strong and also brave in front of all those people that are just sitting there letting that, you know, misgendering happen. I honestly think that now, as more and more of this stuff happens, that, I don't know, 
an increasing percentage, maybe over 50% of the people that still consider themselves to be on the left have are, are somewhere on the Asperger spectrum. It's getting to that point where you can't sit still in a room without having to run up to a mic, shout personal point of privilege, and talk about yourself. You have Asperger's, dude. Yeah. You have very, Asperger's. You're very narcissistic. You're on the spectrum. And you know what? That's okay. I have lots of lovely friends that are on the spectrum. But you're an absolute, complete narcissist to the point where I don't even know if you can fix yourself. And at that point, how do we? How do you dis, disentangle that from a, a uh, biological deoxyribonucleic disorder? I, I don't know. I think, there's, I think there's two cool things to bring out here. One is, you know, it's it, it's the loons that are doing this. You know, it, it's not everybody on the left, but there there's a loony group that now is getting oxygen that everybody goes, uh, not them. You know, like if, if 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 that's where it's going, that's a terrible idea. And I think what we're actually starting to see is like the taboo things comedians are saying now with Bill Burr, Bill Burr, excuse me, yeah. and Dave Chappelle's, Bill Burr uh, and Chappelle. right there. And like on Netflix of all places, like their comedy specials are taking those people to task. Our, and uh, it's like, and here's the thing. People are like listening to it and like, Oh, I can't believe he said that. Like they're hearing like, uh, you know, some comedian talk about sex in like the seventies, you know, like, sure. and it's like, it's like, it's that taboo to go against those people. And I think that just, that's a very weird place to just describe where we are as like human beings. If it, that sort of makes sense. It's indicative to me of like Carlin and Richard. Right. Pryor exactly. And uh, for different reasons, Eddie Murphy, like his raw special, it's, it's bringing those back to my mind, right? which is fine as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's that question. edgy. But it's not edgy. Like, it's not... It's They're not talking about anything that's, like, sinful in the Bible, if that sort of makes sense. Yeah. Like, the way we typically think about it. They're talking about people that are, like, so up... Lost in this world of just, like, you know, it's my facts and everything's oppressive and it's my truth and I get to describe it. That it's, like, going against those people is now considered, like, going against the church. Well... It's very strange. Uh, when when Hollywood becomes your religion and you... you disassemble all of the institutions that used to make up that sphere yeah. uh, and those people are apt to back the in my opinion fascists who say you can't say the word guys yeah. that's ridiculous yeah. um, anyhow then then yeah then it is edgy it is counterculture to come out and say hey you guys are you guys are retarded and I meant the word retarded. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, anyhow. I wonder, I wonder how Sam Harris looks at, like, what's going on in culture. Because he, he hates dogma, and he thinks religion is, like, the, you know... Archetypal the, form of dogma. Right, exactly. Like, there's just not a way, another way to put it for him. And it's like, I wonder how he looks at that, and then looks at the culture, and then goes, like, oh, yeah, but that's not religion, if that sort of makes sense. Yeah. Like, like or he said, how does he separate the fact that, like, it seems dogma arises out of something that isn't religion? Here's the like, thing. Like, how does he justify that? Uh, if you went to, like, Facebook that's that's has plenty of memes and chicanery and whatnot, yeah. you're much more apt to find a humorous picture of Jesus Christ uh, being made fun of than you are a special needs person. Right. Or a gay person. Yeah. When's the last time you saw a picture making fun of a gay person online? And in in not on 4chan. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, uh, not on the bad corner of the internet. And you know what George Carlin said? Interestingly enough, I... No, I'm sorry. I'm mixing up two quotes. This is going to sound like I have no idea what I'm talking about. There's two quotes I was reading earlier today. This, oh, yeah? This one is Voltaire. Not oh. Carlin. Oh, okay. But close. <laughs> What's the difference? Voltaire said... Um, and I think it's I think it's perfectly apt. He said, "If you want to know who your masters are, just look at who you can't make fun of." Wow. And I, 
there's something to be said about that. Now we are now there's these stand-up specials where we are making fun of those people. Are we at? But, are we seeing the swing back? Is but, the pendulum coming back down? Perhaps. But it, here's the thing: is like, sure, those people are making fun of them, but we're all like going, "Oh my God, they didn't!" When they do, you know. And, sure. And Dave Chappelle's special comes out with a zero percent and has four people review it on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, they got away with it, but they got away with it with it because they were Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr. You know what I mean? Like, if you weren't, if you weren't that, like, this isn't, this isn't. I, I'm using the metaphorical language here. I don't mean this literally. If you weren't that godlike of a person in culture, it sure. wouldn't have worked. You have to have some. You have to have some body armor to get away with it, and you still don't get away with it completely. Yeah, you know, uh, like. Well, I mean, that's true, but it maybe the Titans wake up and they start their march, and then. Uh, there's more movement accreted uh, it definitely as people provides gather cover. around. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's like now you can now now you've got the room, the elbow room to go around. Like when someone makes a dumb joke and you go, "Oh my god, that's exactly what you know Bill Burr was talking about." That's exactly what Dave Chappelle said. Are you serious? And then it just gives you yeah. that ammo to take that person down. And then it's like Dave Chappelle. I like Dave Chappelle. He made fun of the church. Yeah, you know, or is whatever it, it is. Yeah, and so does Bill Burr. Like, right, right. Uh, isn't Dave Chappelle? black and isn't Bill Burr some other hated race like Irish or something yeah um, those it, darn Irish people they're coming over here famining our potatoes I can't believe they put all their money and gold and stuck it at the end of rainbows and I'm too lazy to go get it <laughs> too lazy to go find it it's way too far and they're so short <laughs> they're theory. so short in, in theory, theory. Yeah, in theory. Allegedly. I do realize I just mixed up Irish people and leprechaun people as the same like race and I meant to I thought so, Irish, <laughs> I thought I thought leprechaun was a pejorative for Irish person <laughs> Or if it's not, that's how I've been using it. Whoops! Um, they're always after me, Lucky Charms. The Irish are going to get really hot and heavy on this, this episode. Not, this episode's not going to do well It's not going to do well in Ireland. We They've got a so lot of stuff listeners. going on over there. they got Boris Johnson trying to rip their uh, Country in half. Yeah, they're trying to separate them from the rest of the UK or of uh, the EU. Yeah. Uh, with a, a British respectable landmass. Just by the way... Uh, you know, the doomsday is saying that the EU's or the UK's economy was going to go terrible. It was going to go down the tubes the closer they got to Brexit. They just had, like, the strongest quarter that they've had since the EU was formed. So, I just saw that I just saw the European Union drop the, uh, decrease the return on the bond rate from negative 4% to negative 5%. Yeah, good for them. So, good for them. Keep the pigs floating, guys. Looks just like it's the, going well. Keep the pigs floating. Yeah. Uh, all right, so anyhow... Uh, back to now this. So after this video comes out where everyone's making <laughs> We fun haven't of even <laughs> talked about the thing. Yeah, I know. After, okay. after we, after uh, the Democratic Socialists of America meeting went viral because it was so incredibly stupid. It's very good. Um, Please then, go watch it if you haven't. One of the senior editors over at Now This uh, made, a, made a long bit video about how guys was a word that was being used to perpetuate the patriarchy. Her words, not mine. Yeah. Um, That's a quote. Talked about the etymology of the word guys, how it's been used to marginalize women. One of her most hilarious points, and we don't really have to get into this, it makes fun of itself, but go, go watch the video as much as you can stand. I got like three quarters of the way through. I did finish it. I don't know how I did it, but I think I was either drugged I, or... I felt my brain cells melting. It hurt. It hurt a lot. Um, she, she said that... Uh, of course, she brought up the it's it's disrespectful to non-binary people because it's gendered language, uh, and I'm like, man, when are we going to start using gendered language? Right. Uh, but at any rate, 
she she's talked about the etymology. It came from Guy Fox, and then it was used for just guys, and now it's generally accepted to be gender neutral, right. which is like the whole crux of her argument. And she made that point that that's how people use it. But she also said at at one part that if you think if you don't understand what I'm saying, just walk into a group of people and say, "Hey, gals," and she's like, "You'll be corrected immediately." But that's but so maybe, true. Like, I, that was the thing. Like I hated about that. It's like like I say to like some of my guy friends all the time, like. What's up, girl? You know, like, just being funny or something like that. Or, hey, girl. You know, like, hey, girl, hey. I, I and then everyone loves that. It's I, funny. I literally damn-girled my boss the other day who's a man. See, it, like, that's the point. It's like, people, like, it's it's like, it's, it's, and all I think it is, is you're addressing the person, but, like, the, I literally think it's just the, uh, the, the sounds are funnier. You know? Like, I think, I think it's just that simple. It's like, with that expression... It's it's not as interesting to say boy or guy in that saying. It's too hard, you know. Right. It's your the inflection of your voice, the pitch that you're using. Like girl, just works better in that with that uh, with that kind of like, uh, what are you trying to say? Like um, with that kind of like vocal joke. Yeah. Like it's literally just an audio joke, it, and like girl works better. It's there. physical comedy in a way. Yeah. Just uh, but, like but just like it's like oh guys, you know what I mean? Like it's the that, same thing. The argument back to that would be well, one's a joke and one's not. Well, here's the point. The point is that everybody accepts, hey, guys. I've walked into a group of guys and girls and said, hey, guys, and everyone turns sure. around and looks at me. Do you sure. know why? Because it's just what we say. Right. In we fact, need a word in, to say. In New York, it's like the only thing to say. Right. They'll never say, hey, y'all, right. or any of this other reprehensible stuff we say here in the South. At any rate, the point is that the video is far more indicative of your absolute meglio, megliomania, your thin skin, your your complex that forces you to be oppressed. That's what the video is actually indicative of. That's right. what it highlights, not the evils of using the word guys. And she said, it's just one step you can take to fight the patriarchy. Hey, ladies, if you think that the patriarchy that apparently ruins every aspect of your life can be combated even in a minor way by you using the word gals, yeah. I would submit that maybe it's not as as god awful oppressive as maybe you were saying that it was. Right. If the way if that you fight it is to change three letters or two letters, then you know what? Maybe it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Anyhow, now this a complete waste of oxygen, and uh, they should just get off the internet. Especially, I agree. and one of the great things too, speaking of the pendulum swing, per perhaps this video was roundly ridiculed by the gays by the straights, by the guys, by the girls, by the left, by the right. Everyone hated this piece of crap. Good. So uh, it was refreshing. We all came together to hate on you. This is the thing that's starting to worry me about politics to some extent, though, Chris, is because um, when you have these very, very vocal active groups yeah. that coalesce more and more as the party's base... There becomes this really difficult problem where, and we're seeing this now play out on the Democratic side. We we can't really see it play out in the Republican side right now, but we have, especially in the uh, congressional elections during 2018, sure, uh, and the mayoral elections. Mm -hmm. um, you know, is like if you want to win that re election, you know, you've got to pitch to that base, and that base is crazy. That base right. is, is nuts, and I and I think that's on both sides. Like it, I, it, it is certainly on both sides. Yeah, by the numbers, it's more on the left as far as how, how many of them are radicalized. But yeah, it is on both sides. Completely agree. And there's also the fact that like 
culturally, you're, you've got cover if you're crazy on the left. Yeah. If that sort of yeah, makes the sense. The Church of Hollywood goes to bat for you every day. Right. And I think that has more to do with America's past than it has to do with the, within, than it has to do with those sins being worse than the other, if that sort of makes sure, sense. Sure, sure. Well, it definitely has nothing to do with our values. Right, exactly. But, but my point is, like, if, if we, if we live in a world where everybody can roundly ridicule that video, yet the idea of supporting that video is strong and, and like worthwhile. And like, we all know that exists in our culture to some extent. Like if it's, if it's that powerful, we're being, uh, Eric Weinstein says this, we're in this enforced conversation of morons. Yes. And, And how do you break free of that? And I, and I think that's the problem we're in right now in like many different aspects of the American life. And it's like, we have to get, we have to break ourselves out of this because there's a very loud group of people that are just idiots that dominate everything we have to say. I'd like to think the answer is maybe more things like this show. Maybe. I hope. I um, hope it is. Anyhow, uh, one more quick, quick roadkill. It, it was a possum on, that got run over and in its pouch was a smaller possum. Just really quick, if you're a if you claim to be a conservative and you support Donald Trump's vape ban on flavored nicotine, <laughs> you're a liar and a cultural fascist. Yeah, this is this is exactly the type of thing that we talk about. And right. If you think that you're a conservative and you support that, you're unprincipled. Period. Yep. Change your change your mind. Yep. We don't have to discuss that one because actual. Uh, I think for a lot of people, even Trump supporters, they want to be critical. But if you support that, you're not a conservative, you're closer to a socialist, and you're a cultural fascist. Yeah. So just deal deal with that, do some soul reflection, and change your mind. That, that's a good... We were talking about this a while back. Is like, how, how would we... What would be a good indicator of when Republicans were no longer, you know, good brokers of truth? Sure. Which, obviously, they're not. But, like, you know, when we could see that the way people were reacting to Trump, even more so. Like, what would be one of those indicators that's coming up? This is a perfect one. This is an easy way for you to know, like, if you're on the wrong side of things in your own political party. Whether you're driven by... Team sports or principles. Team sports or principles. Whether you're driven by... Uh, a guiding morality yep or if you're influenced by a a pervasive ideology and let's be fair if you think that you know we're wrong in stating that right in tell us why we're wrong you yeah. know if you think there's a principal position as a republican not to to support the vaping ban on uh colored uh what? Colored, flavored, <laughs> flavored. I don't know. I, I was thinking colored because they come in like you know Colorful yellow packages. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If you if you have, um, Hunter, we know that was just a racist dog whistle. That's all it was. <laughs> that's all it was. Uh, but if you uh, you know if you if you think there is a principled position on that, write in. If you think there's a principled position on the left, write in. It'd be interesting just to hear from people. But uh, let me let me let me try and cut out some of the the less the less effective arguments that are going to come in about that. Sure. This isn't about whether or not you can do it in public. This isn't about whether or not you can do it in front of, like, a baby. This is about whether or not you can do it by yourself in your own home. Yeah. And if you think that you're a conservative and that we should should limit what is legal, what if we should limit somebody's choice without mitigating the externality... I'm sorry. Let me say that more clearly. While mitigating the externality, if you think that we should just limit people's choice because government knows best and dear leader knows best, um, it, not talking about any externalities, just straight banning of something, then I don't think that you're a conservative. I think that you're driven by a cult of personality in this case. Yeah. So let's talk about it, but you're wrong. So, anyhow, let's move on from that. Studio upgrades, what do we got, Hunter? Uh, one of our microphones broke. 
That's true. We actually had a huge studio downgrade. Yeah, we had a studio downgrade this month. Uh, one of our microphones, it got so hot in our car, it died. It, it melted the, uh, it melted the um, epoxy inside the handle of the microphone, and then when it re-hardened, it it ripped a cable out. So global so, warming is real. If, and it, we, it, took, it took that experiment for me to finally realize it. Right. Um, now, we kind but, of backfilled our hypothesis. Sure. But still, it's definitely real. It's um, definitely real. But but just, just so pe- just so that gets clipped out and someone on someone uses it to say something bad and dumb about us, we believe in global warming. We just believe that there are rational ways to deal with it, and we believe that one on the right, saying it doesn't exist is insane, and we believe on the left, saying we have to destroy our economy is insane. Right. So th- so just just put that into your peace pipe and smoke it. And here's the thing, Hunter. If the world's flat, then at night, it doesn't it's matter. just heating up the underside of the world. Right. So what we need to do uh-huh. is put reflective screens on the bottom of the flat Earth. That makes sense. It makes perfect sense. If we can go to the moon, we should definitely be able to do that. That's right. Okay. Um, um, just so everyone understands, we do believe the Earth is flat. Yes, we do believe the <laughs> Earth is flat. And the moon isn't flat, but it is in fact hollow, and it's full of alien space Nazis. Oh. Uh, they're hybrid clones that Hitler made before he <laughs> quote, clones. quote committed committed suicide. suicide. I don't think so. I don't guys. think so. Okay. Wow. We All are right. okay. Now we're in Alex Jones territory, and we said we weren't going to mention him once for every five episodes, so we already broke that rule. Well, you did. That's true. That's my fact. You did. I did. I did do that thing. Um, we don't believe half the stuff we just said. You get to pick and choose what that half is. <laughs> Let's end this careless whisper of a journey we've just taken. Yeah. So as I, the show today. as I mentioned, uh, I think on last week's podcast, I just finished Richard Dawkins' God Delusion. Um, and I, and I, I, let's just start here. Have, have you ever read anything by Richard Dawkins or heard him speak before? Are you oh, familiar? yeah. Okay. Uh, not, I've read, like, pamphlet-length stuff of his. Could, could you tell me, like, at, a, at a, like the highest level, your impression of Richard Dawkins? Um, I think he's intelligent. Okay. I, I think that he is... He is intelligent and not critical. I would put him in a similar camp to where I put Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay. Um, in that he speaks well, and he definitely thinks through some ideas, but he doesn't examine the a priori assumptions upon which he bases his ideas right. to dr- derive conclusions. I think that's exactly the same camp I would place him. I will also say, just because I've had... I've actually read, you know, his book. The other thing that I kind of pulled out from, I'll say two things. One is I think he's actually, like, he's really, like, doggedly angry against religion. Oh, like, sure. Like, in an almost, like, bizarre fashion. Like, like I think Sam Harris is, like, actually kind of takes a step back, looks at religion and goes, that's horrible. Why would he ever want anything to do with that? Which yeah. I can respect a lot more than I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Which is what I feel like I get more from Richard Dawkins, if that yeah, sort of makes like, sense. Like, I don't know. It's like religion is the bad people from John Wick who killed County Reeves' dog. Right, yeah. yeah. For Dawkins. Yeah. Well, like, the, st- the start of the second chapter of his book, where he describes basically the morality of the Jewish uh, God in the Old Testament. And it's like, he calls him like a vindictive, like monster, one of the worst moralists has ever been seen, and he goes on, like, no joke, the sentence is probably, like, no joke, like, probably, like, 80 words, all with the descriptive adjectives of how angry he is at the God described in the Old Testament. And That's it's like, interesting. 
Yeah, and it's just it's just it's just strange because it's like you don't believe in a god, so who are you? Why are you who, so mad, bro? Well, who are you angry at? Yeah, because the answer is humans. Right, and you know, and you actually like that comes through. Right, uh, when Sam Harris talks about it, he doesn't. He thinks it's a big deal as far as it associates to humans and their behavior, but he never he never shouts at, at the wind. You yes, know? exactly. It's strange when you see Dawkins do that. Uh, it's interesting too. I just want to point out, and maybe we don't get into this, but uh-huh. I was having a conversation with someone who's kind of uh, not as well read in in their Christian faith and is trying to get there. Sure. And one of the questions they asked me was like, "How in the world did God kill people back in the Old Testament with a gun?" Yeah, I was <laughs> well with magic. <laughs> well, um, with magic. But you know, how could he do that if sure. he's a loving God? If he's a just God, one of the things that that uh, I've thought through before, but had never really verbalized, is that the, it's interesting because God is the same, but the covenants are different. Yeah, and, wildly and, different. Yeah, and now when we look back to Jesus in our timeline, we're looking back to an event. Yep. You know, uh, in that in that world, they weren't. And so it's hard to say that they're held responsible. You know, then you've got the theology surrounding paradise, whatever that is, which is separate from heaven, but interesting, yeah. you know. Yeah, what, yeah, what, what is the standard? And, you know, corporately, this is before salvation was actually even available for Gentiles. Uh, right, so, yeah. And then you remember that God's sitting somewhere outside of time. It's complicated, but the point I'm, the thing I was thinking about is that, you know, the standard might not have been the same back then. Uh, it's an interesting thought, at least. Yeah, I think I actually think that might be. We get into that with that other thing I wanted to talk about that we mentioned at the end of last week's show. Okay, but that's, that's not today. Well, it's actually all about the covenants, is that idea? But this, but I kind of wanted to stick with Dawkins today, just because I, I I finished it. It just felt like the right time. Sure, but we'll go, we'll go back to that. Um, so, but I but I love that idea. Hold on to that. Can you remember that for like two weeks, Hunter? Okay. No. Great. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> um, so. Uh, what I what I found like really the other thing I'll say about this I actually love his description about biology like when he talks about like different parts of like biological creatures and stuff I'm like fascinated like I would read a textbook by him but I also but nerd okay fair enough that hurts because it's true <laughs> but 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 at the same time it's like it, it's it, those pieces are like nestled in you know this book that's basically you know uh, screeching at times, angry at Christianity. Sure. Um, but anyway, there's one chapter where Dawkins' basic, Dawkins' main point that he makes at the beginning of the book is simply this. Um, there's basically an old argument, I think you're familiar with it, Chris, is like, we look at how complex the universe is, and we go, oh my goodness, it's so complex, it had to be designed. You know, and there's that... This, it's the Rolex and the Hurricane argument, kind of. Uh, yes, in fact, uh, what I the, the argument that... Um, Dawkins use is the Bowen 747, which we were talking about. We talked last about it a little bit last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he basically says, well, it's one thing to get the uh, Boeing 747; it's quite another to get the ultimate Boeing 747. Sure. So, and it's like on its face, it's a pretty good argument. And we kind of talked a little bit about that last week. How like it, it shows like this poor relationship with the facts of like the creature that would exist outside of time, right? Because like. Uh, on its face, the creature that's outside of time could perform actions that would seem impossible to us. Right, right. right? Like, it would look like it's creating creating itself, and we wouldn't know how to make sense of that, except that's the best way our language would provide us to deal with that. Sure. But, nonetheless, to, to kind of show some of that, he, he goes through four different arguments, and I kind of want to break them down with you, because I think you have some interesting points on this. Um, I, I haven't read 
uh, this book. I haven't read The God Delusion. You haven't, but you're familiar with these ideas. Okay. And so it's not gonna it's not gonna be that difficult for you to jump into. That's cool. I do just want to say I respect you for reading something that you disagree with. Oh uh, yeah. It's been a long time since one of my leftist friends has read The Art of the Deal, and <laughs> I don't, you know it's just impressive. I, I appreciate your uh, your well, thanks, dude. Your acuity and your minimization of cognitive dissonance in this area. Yeah. It's well. It's you know, I think about it like this, you know, I, since I kind of, I, we haven't really talked about this, but since I changed my jobs on the show, I've had the time to like really start reading it. I put in a, a lot of effort into it and I've read, uh, I've, I've made it a, an effort to read C.S. Lewis and Ravi Zacharias, but then I also went and read Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins because I was like, it's great for me to read this other stuff that I already agree with, but if it doesn't stand up to this other stuff, then I'm kind of wasting my time. Cool. You know, and so like, yeah, I think I think everybody should do that. I think everyone should believe that what they have, that their faith is worth testing to some extent. Yeah. You know. So anyway, if we ever make a MOBA, it's going to be Richard <gasps> Dawkins, Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris, yes. and uh, probably Christopher Hitchens. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bertrand Russell. Uh, and probably Darwin. <laughs> and then on the other side, it's going to be um, C.S. Lewis. Right. And. Uh, like Ravi's, Ravi's a great choice. Will, William Lane Craig. He can main lane. That's you know. <laughs> <laughs> he, he take mid. He'll take mid. But who's the jungler? Oh. Uh, and the, the answer is Daddy uh, Jordan B. Peterson. Oh, I he, was I was actually going to go with a weird, well, weird, a little bit more literal one and go with David Livingston. <laughs> <laughs> That's super literal. It's super literal, though. Uh, I just yeah. feel like, I feel like uh, the jungle, like the enemy will be like, all right, we're safe here in the middle. We're we're collecting these orbs. We're getting these creeps, and uh, they'll be like, uh, "What's that? Is that a weird puppet?" And he just goes, "Oh, actually, it's a metaphor for the for the idea that the universe can't be explained simply by uh, a, a, an element of, of wood being pulled by different strings." And they're dead. And, then, <laughs> and they're dead. <laughs> no, no matter how weird it is, he's been there and he's talked about it. Exactly um, right. Okay, so anyhow, so go watch his talk about Pinocchio. Dude, it's it's legit. It's legit. Um, actually, Kitty asked me to get her started on some of that stuff. I need to get her like the playlist so she can jump into it. Um, anywho, uh, let me think. So basically, Dawkins makes four arguments, Chris, that are that are saying that these arguments prove that if a god was involved, it'd be statistically less likely uh, okay. than just the natural phenomenon to occur. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And so the first one that he gives is. Um, the fact creature in between creature mutations or in between species mutations right interspecies mutations yes and so what he basically is saying like he takes like a lot of uh, apologists throughout the ages have said well like how do you explain the eye because the eye is basically a switch it's either a zero or a one you can see or you can't right and it's like if everything in the eye is to be built at once it doesn't work well Dawkins provides the obvious argument that is any improvement ever so slightly bringing you closer to sight is better than no sight hmm. right and so he says and so he basically says that like you know we can see that it could just naturally occur and then put a god into the into the picture you know actually makes it more complicated than it was um my my thought on this is that this is a pretty good argument to some extent because like i can i can see the argument how it comes forth I, I think there's still a lot of problems with it as far as it's like well I, I guess what I'm saying is like I think there's more problems problems with 
arguments around this argument, but like I can understand how I can understand how someone would think this and think it's rational. Okay. That sort of makes sense. Okay, can I just can I just say my my issues with it? Oh, maybe that he explains already. No, no, go ahead. That's exactly what I want to do right now. The here. I has nothing to do with interspecies evolution. No, you're you're correct. And maybe I'm not putting his is basically what he's saying is like, you know, like uh, he talks about, uh, you know, there about how we develop how unicellular creatures develop flagellum. Sure. Right? And Which, he basically says, like, there was this piece that was used to push, uh, put, propel them. Like, they actually had some, like, you know, propulsion to it. And the muscle movements that the propulsion used are the same movements used in flagellum. And so what he's basically saying is, like, you know, like, look, you know, these, these creatures can change in these minute ways. You know, anything could happen. Now, you're right. It doesn't do, like, the the, but, the very good stitching of what you're trying to say is like he didn't get to the dog yet. No reasonable person on uh, uh, that is on the side of Christianity disagrees with microevolutions. It's macroevolutions that people take umbrage with. Yeah, because we've never true. observed them. And so yeah. here's another thing too: there are animals, and it's not clear. It, this is what I would consider a microevolution, but who have lived in caves for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And right. Lost they, their eyesight. They lost their eyesight, and now they don't reproduce with eyesight. Why? Because the ones with eyes weren't necessarily with well with good working eyes were not necessarily what you the ones that would survive. Right. Because it didn't provide any benefit. So naturally, that's a microevolution that can fall out of use. Here's the other problem, though. Hunter, what's the weakest part of the human body? Uh, the eye. Well, I, okay. I mean, I mean, you can take you can take a lot more abuse to anywhere covered with skin. Sure, that's fair enough. The eye is incredibly sensitive. Oh, I so see what you're saying. Simply is, to yeah. say that any improvement, even no matter how small, makes you a more survivable creature. That's yeah. simply that, that it's at a minimum not clear. I, I, I mean, like we that were, idea. We were a lot. talking about self-defense the other day, and one of the number one ways to defend yourself if you're small in a life or death situation is go for somebody's eyes. They have literally no protection. There. Right. So I, I don't. I think that that argument is just woefully uncritical. So what you're saying is it could be very possible. Basically two things have to happen. One is the eye has to be developed independently. It can observe whatever small amount of light or whatever it is that that work, that could give it some insight there. Sure. And in addition to that, it has to be in some sort of way that somebody else doesn't take advantage of attacking it. Right. And, and the way that eyes work, light has to be able to permeate them quite clearly. And right. it just isn't clear that that... that uh, would be a benefit, like let's say you had a one pixel resolution on your eye. Sure, yeah. So you could basically tell if something was in front of you or if nothing was in front of you. Yeah. I don't know that that would provide the same benefit as having a, a spot on your body that was defenseless. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I also think I also think this is a good point of you showing like how Dawkins doesn't take his ideas all the way to the ground. Sure. Like he he's comfortable to leave it there and go like, all right, I've done it, therefore it's done. You know, and it's like, okay, fine. Um, so the next... He's trying to make a logical conclusion based on incomplete... Incomplete. incomplete data. Yes, and exactly. That's a problem. Sometimes you do have to make those... So there are... There are experiments and thought thought experiments that you can arrive at a good conclusion using only logic. This just isn't one of them. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so um, I think I think that's good with there. I think so. The next argument that he makes, which I actually think this might even be more plausible, is the fact that there, you know, yes, we have a very habitable planet that is conducive to life. Yeah. But the chances of there being a planet that is conducive to life in the universe is pretty high. Um, basically, saying there's hundreds and 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 a lot of planets, right? Yep. You know, and so like one of them out there is probably in the Goldilocks zone. Besides ours, one of them out there probably has enough water. One of them out there, and even if it's just one, 
you know, you throw enough dice, you get your mice. That's yeah. not how the saying goes. <laughs> it's, you roll your dice, you move the mice. Right, and I think, I, I don't know, I, like, I think, to me, on, on its face value, like, I'm, I'm more, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, it doesn't prove anything to me. Like, it, it, I think C.S. Lewis actually discusses this in some way, too, in Miracles, is he basically says, like, if there's another group of people out there that's, that, you know, aren't told about in our holy book, what difference does it make what God's doing with them? Uh, I agree. Yeah, well, and it's like, who cares? Here's the other, wait, uh, here's the other point. Are there any Christians out there claiming that this is the only habitable planet? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No. And the amazing part about this planet isn't the fact that it's in the Goldilocks zone, although it's amazing. Sure, yeah. It's not that there's enough potable water, which is also amazing. Right. Um, it's not that our greenhouse gas system allows for a temperature that is survivable, right. which is amazing. Yeah. Um, the most impressive thing about this planet is life. And unless you can talk about how that life got started, then what argument are you making? So, I definitely hey, think that there's another list of biomes where we can exist. This is this is perfect. Okay, so I think we're I think we're both on the same page here yet again. Um, but you just actually jumped into argument three, which is the fact that it's more statistically probable for life to exist itself than it is for it than it is for God to be involved with creating it. Um, I think we, you and I have actually talked about this. I don't think we've talked about it on this podcast. Okay, um, but. Let me let me start by saying what I think is the worst argument I think he makes here. He he basically says like, and I can't remember the exact word for this, which I apologize for that. But he basically says that the reason that you can know this is right is because we're alive, so it had to at least be possible. Does that make sense? Like whatever the statistical chance is of life forming itself naturally, here we are. Does that make sense? And and but now. My problem with that argument is the obvious is like that doesn't prove anything, no. you know. And so like it no, doesn't. He, prove... He's saying that because we're here, you can prove that we're here naturally. Yeah, yeah, essentially. And basically, can that possibly be a correct read on that? Well, what, what, what I think he's saying to the to the to the point is like we have to be able to exist at some point because here we are, and it's more complicated to put God into that equation than it is to leave him out of it. Uh, Which is like okay, oh, yeah. dude. I, I, that doesn't make any sense to me, but I it disagree doesn't. entirely. I, I can't remember the word that he uses actually to describe it, but it's really complicated. But that, that's actually wrong. It's, it's actually just wrong, but, and I'll explain why. Um, based on the laws of thermodynamics, which, by the way, appear to hold up under both um, and and form the building blocks for both general relativity and quantum mechanics. Yeah. Um, and that is that matter cannot be created nor destroyed, nor can energy. Right. And space and time, if you know anything about space-time continuum and the conservation of mass energy, yep, yep, yep. these are these are equations that work together to describe so, how the universe exists. So and how I'm, I'm going to pull you back just a little bit because we're going to get there. Okay. And I, what I because I think I, I I'm already hearing his response to and what you're saying, and I think you, you're addressing a good point. But I think I want to I want to save that's argument four essentially. But argument three, you and I have talked about how scientists theorize life got started um and we can we can we can do a little bit here is like all the all the uh chemical compounds you know that exist uh what am i trying to think of everything on your periodic table right your elements all your elements thank you are are in a star right and so when a 
what you know when a star in, in a very specific kind of star. Yes, uh, more like in a very specific event that happens in a very specific star. Yes, and when they all kind of crush in together and then they explode, that's how we think planets form, or that's how we think planets form. That's how we think we got all the you know the elements that we that, needed. That's how the elements got made. Planets, correct? Planets are actually the same as stars. They were bunches of helium and hydrogen that coalesced, formed, uh, and, some, and after many, many supernova that were yep. that propulsed heavier elements across the universe, they, uh, they accreted together again in a planet that was not sufficiently massive to start um, burning hydrogen or burning helium in its core. Right. And, and thereby becoming a star. That, that's effectively the argument. Yep, and so... And that's not perfect, because we do have some nuclear activity in the center of our planet, but it hasn't extended to the surface anyhow. right now. Yes, and so, hence why we, you know, we've got all our, we've got our world, basically, from stars exploding. Like, that, that's the idea. And from there, we take a, we, we have to get from that, the, that chemical mess of, you know, the periodic table to um, the, uh, to RNA forming. Right, and more sure. specifically, amino acids forming, and then from amino acids forming to RNA forming, and then at the same time RNA forms, we create a cellular membrane to encase the RNA so it doesn't die in the environment. Sure, right, like that—that's the step for life to be created naturally. That then—that's the argument, and we both know there isn't a scientific explanation for how that could have happened. Well, there's there's almost no examples. I actually was just hanging out with my biologist friend again right. this week. And uh, I, I re-asked him this question. I, I, was, I was like, what have you learned? Have you learned anything new? Um, he's a fellow up at uh, Boston College, I think, or something. He's doing, like, residency. or I don't know how any of the college stuff works anymore. I've been <laughs> gone too long. Right. It's like two years. What is, what is a bachelor's degree even? It, anyhow, the point is that there are exceptionally few times that we see RNA outside of, outside of a membrane. Incredibly period. rare. Yeah. Um, those are called viruses. Yep. And they form by mutations in DNA. When do we ever see DNA exist outside of a membrane? Never. And the problem is, is that the code, even in simple single-celled organisms that don't even have a nucleus, that just have a cell membrane, the code that is required to build that cell membrane exists inside the DNA. So you've got DNA that has the yes. code for the membrane, and we never see the two exist apart. The instructions for one are within the other, and the other is required, requires the other one to exist. Exactly right. And so the point is, what is there? there's not a good argument that amino acids came together to form nucleotide chains that could that could form the basis for double helix DNA. Right. And so the point is that the best solution to that, scientifically speaking, is spontaneous, simultaneous creation. Yes. And that should well, and be th impossible. That's actually, and that's actually how they create that, is they, they take a vacuum. Unfortunately, it's not a good vacuum, and it has all the elements, it has all the amino acids kind of already in there, yeah. which is a problem, because you still haven't figured out where those, where come, those from. come from. Right, but then they strike it with lightning and poof they kind of get this 
you know, they get they get their RNA for them essentially with with the you know with uh, with all that there. But it's like, but you didn't start off with the same conditions. Uh, and, and Hunter, they still haven't been able to do that. Uh, oh, the, they the, haven't been able to complete that. They have not been able to even get from amino acids through heating and drying, heating and drying, heating and drying, or electro-induction, any of that, they have not been able to go from amino acid to RNA. Oh, you know what, you're right, because the thing I was reading, it described it as a theory. Yes. And it was like, this was the theory they were working and, on, and but they still didn't have, and not, they didn't have a clear way of getting it from zero to one. That's my, right. Thank my roommate was actually in the lab at the college we went to, which is a well-known, well-respected college for the sciences. Um, they were in the, the leading lab that was trying to run these experiments, and it, not even starting at the assumed elements that would be on the surface of a planet, as in Earth. Yeah. Um, they started with amino acids, which are more complicated than the assumed collection of compounds already. And then they they used those methods, those quote, quote, unquote, unquote, natural methods. Right. They still couldn't get amino acids to RNA. And by the way, RNA isn't life. DNA is life. RNA right. is formed um, in the nucleus of the cell as a function of cell replication. When it goes wrong, you Correct. get rogue RNA-like viruses and that kind of thing. But this is not a chicken and the egg situation. DNA came first, and we can't even get RNA out of it. Yeah. So, so it's crazy. And so, like, when I, I think when I look at that and I'm talking about, like, this, this third argument Dawkins raised, it's like it doesn't even stand on its head. Like, and, he, and the thing is, he just completely ignores the fact. Like, he just, he says, because we are here, it is here. And, right. they just, and he's happy enough to leave it there and be and be happy with it. It's like, you just pulled the wool over so many people's eyes that don't understand this conversation about RNA. Because they couldn't follow what you were saying. Yeah, exactly. They hadn't done the research. They hadn't done the digging in. And if you hadn't, you would have just said, oh, he's right. You know, and right. you would have been fine. So I, I'm, I, I kind of highlighted that we are going here anyway. Um, but the last one is that, you know, the fact that our universe exists in the, in the correctly tuned ways makes sense more it makes more sense than god because of the multiverse theory right which is i'm listening well basically saying that if you have many universes Infinite universes the one that the we one that we are in, in would be the correct one exactly right and so and so as you can see the argument you were already making beforehand was kind of already dealing with that this is wrong yeah this, this argument is just statistically wrong and i'll explain why but first alex uh, i want to say this, this not even you saying this eric weinstein who is an atheist says it's wrong, and sure. he and he is like, nope. We need to get away from string theory because it's a bad explanation. Well, I maybe maybe not. Um, oh, really? Well, uh, interesting. Okay. I, I don't think string theory is a good explanation. I, I th but at least string theory is is often you never hear someone discuss string theory and say this is a theory. We have no idea what we're talking about. Right oh, now. sure. Yeah. Um, as opposed to some of these other ideas. Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, I like the I like playing there. I like going out there and investigating and playing with string theory. I agree. But it's, it's fun. It, it, some of these other ideas like evolution of the Big Bang, etc., ad nauseum, these ideas were not going out there to play. People right. are basing their entire worldview and ideology on this, and this is stupid. Right, yeah. Um, but anyhow, first I want to say this to that point. I absolutely agree with part of that point, and that point is this. If the world was created... Uh huh. Then it would look a certain way, and the way that it would look would be habitable by the things that inhabit that world. Agreed. Natural design. If we evolved, then the world and what we evolved to be would be suited to the environment that we were in. Agreed. AKA, or EG, the world that we find ourselves in, and the world that 
is created, whether it was from evolution and natural selection or from creation, would look the exact same. This is why I think that it's super useful for Christians to understand evolutionary biology. Right. Because it explains, in my opinion, the design that God had for us. But that being said, it would look the exact same. Of course we're going to be suited to the environment that selects us. That's what that's what the universe is in natural selection. Yes. It is it which selects. It chooses what can live inside of it based on how survivable it is. This so is, if yeah. God created the planet in a way that was suitable for us, or if we, we took the rules of the planet and created ourselves as something that was suitable, it, the, the outcome is going to look the same. When you look around the world today, what you are going to see is the same representation. So these Christians who turn their back on science and say, well, that's all a bunch of gobbledygook. No, you lazy bastard. Get off your butt and start examining what the scientific community is saying because you can learn so much about the design that God had for us by what they are studying. It, it's simply the study of does the biome match the creatures within it? Does the design match the inhabitants and the answer is going to be yes so learn as much as you can yeah um, and I, I think this is actually one of the points Dawkins makes I think most people are unprepared when they read his book is the fact that he says what the people say that natural selection is just chance and it's like it's not no if it by the theory's definition and by uh, what Darwin was talking about it was the environment selects yes. and, it, and it's like it, 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 it would look Regard the environment designs in another way. If that kind of helps you get through it a little bit better, if you're using the intelligent design language to get through that. Now, sure. I'm not saying what I. I think what we are just trying to state is like, if you come to evolution and you say, well, it's just the world is so perfect, therefore it couldn't have happened. You know, therefore it couldn't have happened. That's a bad argument. Wrong. Yeah. That's a bad argument, and there are better arguments to be had there. Because you, if you flip it on its head, it works the exact opposite way from the ID perspective. And, and it's like the world is so complicated, only evolution could have produced us to live within it. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the point. And so here's here's a, a saying that I've often said and I adore is that science is really, really, really bad about telling us what the world was like yesterday. Yeah. It's really good at telling us what the world's like today. Yeah. And if you believe that the world that we live in today was designed by God, then using science it's really really good even using science that was motivated to prove something else is really good for understanding the world that you live in today agreed now we're going to get into the reason why dawkins isn't just seeing things differently he's wrong yeah let's do in that. this area yeah yeah and we're going to go back to thermodynamics so as i was saying thermodynamics the laws of thermodynamics dictate that matter and energy cannot be created nor destroyed they can only change forms yep here's the problem and you stack on top of that the space-time continuum and uh, mass energy conservation, and on top of that, the interactions between mass and space, and the interactions between energy and time. E.g., as you speed up, time appears not to exist as you approach the constant. And additionally, uh, as you increase mass, you increase the apparent surface area of space. Uh, that's really complicated ideas that we don't necessarily need to get into right now, but just know that that is true. That mass, energy, space, time, the four things that make up our universe all interact with each other because they're all connected. Mass and energy conserve each other. Space and time conserve each other. Mass, in, it, mass 
warps space and therefore space-time and energy warps the rest of them. Energy warps mass and space and time uh, based on commonly accepted general relativistic and quantum models. So I say that to say the problem is is that Hunter does this hurt? Yes. Do you know why? I pinched him. Right. The problem is because I used energy and exerted it on his mass, which is occupying his space over time. The problem is, is that all four exist. And so if mass and energy can never be created nor destroyed, then without an instigating element, the chances... He's trying to say that the chance that adding God in makes it less statistically likely. Yeah. I agree that it's extremely statistically unlikely, but here's the problem. The fact that we're here isn't statistically unlikely. It's statistically impossible. Yeah. Without that, a creation exactly right. event, it's statistically impossible. Right. And so the we only have conservation. We don't have creation with it, with, with with our universe. Exactly. So yeah. based on current science, this, I'm in total agreement with the scientific world right here when I say so, yeah. that the chance that God exists and the chance that the Big Bang happened um, are actually equal, set at zero. Yeah. They're both impossible in the natural world that we observe today. So, when you use science to try and study the past, it's a mistake because the chance, you know, people say that there's a star that's two billion light years away. So the fact that we see photons from that star, which are traveling at the speed of light, means that the age of the universe has to be at least 200 billion years. See, we're using science to say what happened yesterday. Problem, because the chance that the star actually exists is zero, and the chance that the stream of photons exists between us and the star is zero. Right. And the chance that your eye exists and your brain exists to receive those photons and register them, or the, the radio telescopes that we use to observe radiation, the chance that any of the mass and matter and energy and space and time for all of those things exists is zero. Right. So to say that science tells us that the universe is 200 million years old because we see a stream of photons coming from an apparent star is horse crap. What science tells us is that we see light coming from what we assume is a star. Here's the problem. The star is as likely to not exist as the stream of photons that exist between it and us. We have no idea if there's a star there. We just know what we observe. And so the idea... Good point. The, the, really good point. The stream of photons is as likely to exist independently without a star emitting it as the star is to exist itself. Mm. We can't use science to study the past. It is a logical fallacy. This is an example of one of those logical thought puzzles you can work through that does have a conclusion. It, it is a fool's errand. We can't say whether or not the universe started dur at millions and millions of years ago or during this sentence that I'm making. Right. Because the chance that all of the connections in your brain and the electrons could have been backfilled. It could have been backfilled to create the memories to understand the beginning of this sentence. Yep. You can't say. You don't know. All we know is that right now, and as of right now, I mean this instant when I snap, exists. And going forward from that, that's all we can say. Yeah. I, I think this is why physics is starting to is starting to actually get really good at its predictions because all of its predictions are based on we don't know if the cat is dead when it's in the box or if yes. it's alive. Then we open it and all the possibilities where the cat was dead are gone. Exactly. It's exactly. like it's like that's not science. That's like that's like bad that's like bad magic. That's you like know? that's like you did a little bit of weed and uh, <laughs> and then tried to talk about your science textbook. It, and so that that's really good, Chris. And that's the thing that I actually found. So like with the first two arguments, I was like, okay, I can ride with you a little bit. Whatever. The statistical number is it's probably not zero you know and then sure. and then these last two i was like these are obviously zero 
And that's the right. problem. It's like what he, and then what he was saying is, well, they're not zero because here we are. And it's like, that's, that's the word, that's a middle schooler's argument. Right. You know, and then, and then this is the thing I, it, it's I, not about whether or not it exists or not. We all agree that it exists. If you don't agree that it exists, I have more arguments for you there. Sure. Because we could go about through the three possible states of the universe, which is a conversation I love to have. It's a good one. But the point is this. I the, think we did that with Genesis, actually. We, we might have. Yeah. Um, but the point is this, that the fact that the universe exists proves nothing if by the laws of the universe extant as we observe them don't allow for its creation. Yeah. Um, and so I think I think what I, I think what's been just strange to me is this. What would you call it? There's this um, science of the gaps that's developing. Sure. You know where it's like we can't explain it. So there's a lot of universes, and that's how we're going to get over the statistical problem of our universe being correct. Right. And it's like, how, okay. How did you get there? Well, the universe is precise, and we don't think, and we believe there are natural causes that made it, and this is a good solution for getting there. It's like, is that a good, is there any science that just happened right there? Like, is there any science that happened in that sentence? Is there any, like, observation? Is there any study? All you said is, like, observation's so key. Right. No. All you said is that we are in a precise universe. Therefore, there must be other universes to explain why it's that here. are less precise. Less precise, and the thing we that's, have no proof, or possibly more precise. But the thing that's so, or precise, possibly precise in different manners. But right. the point, the point is, like, we're speaking nonsense now. Like, like we're we're just we're we're just fitting the bias that we come to the problem with. Right. And it's like, and I and I think it's I think what these people think is they think it's a little Occam's razor to yeah. the least possible possible probable thing. It's like, but nobody's ever seen what you're talking about. They're all, There's no, they're all by what by definition likely. by definition what you're talking about it is unobservable by definition. Yes. Like, and like if we can, if we can figure that out one day that's pretty cool. And, but like I don't know I we we don't live in the universe I think where we can figure that out. And Occam's razor is a great tool. Sure, it it's is. Also it's also really not great. universally applicable sure yeah if the, because and this is the problem you're not actually assigning probabilities to these things exactly you can't yeah the probability as we observe it is the absolute zero zero and so yes you go with the least probable one but guess what that is all of the explanations are the least probable they're right. all equal at nothing yeah so it, it's not it's not it's a misapplication of a useful tool. Exactly and right. You know what? That can be said of a lot of science right now. These other <laughs> universes, we don't observe them. And if we don't observe it, it's not science. Macroevolution, we've never observed it. In fact, we've observed things living in a highly reproductive environment for 200 years, the same strain, the same species of yeast, and oh, we've yeah. never seen never it seen a, a it. macro evolve. Never once. In fact, all of the genetic the genetic mistakes the, that appear to arise that change the length or number of chromosome pairs result in inviability. Yeah. Which, you know what? I don't know. I'm not an expert, but I know that a long time ago, at least at least 6,000 years ago, somebody wrote down, go reproduce after your own kind. Mm. That's what I know. It's pretty and, wild. And, and are we going to turn our back on that? That 6,000 years ago, these brutal savages knew... That knew you that. reproduce after your own kind. Right. I don't know. Well, I don't know, but we haven't seen anything else other than that. If it's not observable, it's not science. And and I love what you said about the because we're precise, we're making assumptions that there's other examples out there. Is that a fun place to go play? Yes. Can it provide useful uh, insight? 
Absolutely. Is it science? Hell no. It sounds. It's. It, I feel like. I feel like it's now. Now it's philosophy's turn. Like, right. I, and I feel like, and maybe, and like, you know, maybe when we're starting to deal with questions that big for us, that's where we have to turn naturally anyway. And then maybe right. we get smart enough to deal with them in science. And I don't know what that means. Like, uh, I, I will. I will tell you this: if it does turn out there's like five hundred thousand, you know, other universe, it doesn't really change the fact that I think God couldn't exist in them because whatever has to bind those things yet again is something outside of our space and time right you know and so it's like i don't know what that means because everything that exists in that universe would live within that universe space and time and i would assume third dimension Here. so anyway but I, I that's probably that's probably that's probably enough let's put a bumper on it put a bumper on it the argument that i hear a lot of times from my unsophisticated friends who are poking fun at christianity is that you need a security blanket you need something simple you're, la- you're latching on to Christianity, right? Because, because you need a simple explanation. Yeah. And you know what? You're right. I see that ground. I'd like to think I'm sophisticated. I'd like to think that I'm intelligent, but I know enough to know that I'm not. And yes. I, I see things so complex that I can't explain. That for me to consider myself complex, I'd be a fool. Yeah. And I refuse to. At, at, at any rate, with all the only power that maybe I can muster, I refuse to be a fool. And so, what does that leave me with? Well, it leaves me with this. Yeah, maybe it is a simple explanation. And maybe if I spent some time, I could come up with a much more complex, much more self-gratifying, much more developed theory about why I'm here. And it could involve multiple universes and multiple habitable planets and multiple races of sentient beings and all of those different things that would make me the god of my own domain. But you know what? I look around and I know I'm not that smart. And I know I'm not that complex. I'm a simple person. And so are you. Yeah. And so, don't be, afra- don't be afraid of going with a solution that is simple and also takes you off the throne. Yeah. Don't be afraid of that. And you know what? For the other people that are going to spend their days musing and shooting in the dark, do something more worthwhile with your time. That doesn't mean don't learn. That doesn't mean don't explore. Oh, yeah. I, I think from listening to this show, you've learned that even if Christianity is a simple solution, it's certainly not an unintelligent one. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. Um, and I, I, will say, I will say this one piece because I actually really liked what you said. It was really pretty. The one thing I'll add is not only are they right about you, they're also right about the cowards in our camp that just want the safety blanket. That's true. And you know, and that's 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 an that's an encouragement, or really, it's it's an it's it's a little judgmental to if you're listening to this and that describes you. You need to you need to really be concerned about what it is you believe. Exactly. So. And, and here's yeah. uh, here's maybe the the most telling point. They're right about some of us. They're right about me. Here's the problem. If you want to discount the book of Genesis, if you want to discount the science that is inherent in that book that was written thousands of years ago by literal savages, if you want to discount the fact that the probability that you have ears that can listen to this show is zero, and yet here you are. If you want to discount all of that, uh, all of the the sagely wisdom that is in the Bible and all of the scientific evidence and all of the explanation as simply a fairy tale or as simply a um, 
a means for power, as simply a lever of control yeah. that's been used and was a lie that was written to control the masses, guess what? You're looking for a simple explanation, too. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Good stuff, brother. All right, guys. Uh, that was Carl pulling. This is a spicy boy. A spicy boy. That's a spicy we boy. some ground today. Yeah, we covered a lot of ground. Uh, and, I, and once again, like, I think this was a good episode showing that me going and jumping in and digging my feet into something is actually really interesting to bring to you and kind of like have the conversation there. So I love it. I love it. I think I think there's I think I don't know what this is if this is just a type of show we do. I don't even know if we call it something, but it seems to be working out really well. Um, but anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can follow us on social media. I'm at Emotional Carl, and Chris is at Chris X Carl. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. The show at Carl Pulling is on those same sites. We got a Facebook page. Go like us there. Uh, you can listen to us on any place where podcasts can be played from. And you should subscribe to us in iTunes and rate us because that's how people get to know about the show. If you want to write in, carlpulling at gmail.com. And thanks so much for listening to the show this week, guys. Get out. We're home. We're home.